You see, if we want to understand who we are and how we're going to get where we're going, doesn't matter if we're 104, it doesn't matter if we're 5. If we want to understand how to get where we're going, the only way to do that, the only vehicle to do that is to understand the greatness of the one that is taking us. Amen? Think about it for a moment. Can you imagine doing this on your own accord? Can you imagine coming to church on Thursday night or Sunday morning or Wednesday night or any time? Can you imagine entering in prayer at any point and coming before God and just standing there on your own behalf because you were good enough that week to be in His presence? Is there any of you guys in here, even the saintliest of you, is there any of you guys in here who could do that? Because if you can, thumbs up to you. I can't. Matter of fact, I was telling them last night, I was on my way down here and I wanted me a Diet Coke. Those of you that know me know that my favorite drink, God was having an incredible day when he made Diet Coke. If you like Pepsi, we'll perform an exorcism on you, alright? Because we know that Diet Coke is from the throne. So I still... <laughs> So I stopped at the quick trip in Lake Worth and I went in and I got me one so big that Moby Dick could swim in it and do back laps in it. And I was like, there it is. And there was this idiot at the counter. Any of y'all ever went into a convenience store and it's like convenience stores are a magnet for idiots? Y'all ever been there before? Are y'all all such good Christian people that you're like, oh no, those are just misunderstandings. No, they're idiots. You understand me? They're just stupid. And so I'm standing there and the guy's card wouldn't read. And he's throwing a fit to this sweet little girl who's working the cash register and just throwing a fit. And she goes, I'm sorry, sir, would you try this other card reader? Well, that one's just stupid. That one don't work. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, I'd like to put my foot so far up your rear and you could taste my leather in my boot, dadgummit. Shut up. Just try the other one. I know some of you good Christian people, you would just never think that, would you? No. You just wanted to walk up and pray for him, didn't you? You liar. You thought to yourself, stupid. And so I'm sitting there and he's going on. Well, then he's got to get the manager. Because a chip reader wouldn't work, the other one worked just fine. He paid. It's one chip reader. I want to talk to the manager and I'm like, I'd like to choke you is what I'd like to do. Just leave. Just leave. So I'm walking out the door, and man, I'll never forget. I said, Lord, I know that you love stupid people. I know you do. Because look, the truth of the matter is, God does love stupid people. He does. But I said... <laughs> struggle with stupid people so I got in my pickup and I said Lord forgive me and help me to love stupid people ones that want to throw a fit because a chip reader aren't working you know what because when I was standing in that line I promise you there's no possible way with the thoughts that were running through my mind because he had a little ponytail in and, and I mean I was like looked like he had a crack pipe somewhere and I was thinking I'd like to drag him out by his little ponytail and hit his head on the concrete a few times and go quit doing math stupid go and God was, that ain't what God wants to do. So I got and I said, Lord, help me. I know you love stupid people, but I'm struggling with it, especially in the quick trip when I'm trying to get my Diet Coke. Lord, help me. 
Now, I struggle with stupid people. Now, I'm just curious. Any of y'all got any pet peeves? <laughs> I bet you do. So what you're telling me is that I'm in a room full of people who have not yet achieved perfection? Hello? Husbands, are you sitting beside a wife who has not yet achieved perfection? You cards. <laughs> I didn't see one man go, yes! Let me, let's try this. Wives, are you sitting beside a husband that has not yet achieved perfection? See, they ain't scared because they hold all the cards. See, the truth of the matter, <laughs> she's over there petting him. I'm sorry, honey, but it's true. You see, we have this mindset today that we need to look a certain way and we need to act a certain way so that God can use us. Can I tell you guys in this place today, and some of you are probably not going to like this, but read the Bible and you'll find out that I'm right. Did you know that since the beginning of time that God's been using imperfect people to do perfect things? God's taken stupid people who did incredibly stupid things and He's taken them and used them to do stupidly amazing things. Could you imagine what would happen if we begin to take our focus off of our failures and put them on our Father? Hello? What would happen if we begin to leave the thoughts of everything that we've done. But see, the body of Christ today is at a unique place. The body of Christ is at a place where God is asking for an army to raise up. And there's an army of people who are fixing to raise up. But they're just going to raise up when they feel like that they're good enough. You are not going to ever be good enough to raise up. The only thing that's going to make you good enough is the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed upon the cross. And when it's applied to you, even through your imperfection, you become good enough. And God's desiring to use forgiven people, not perfect people. God never wants us to find a place in our life where I believed in us with all my heart that God doesn't want us to find a place where we're comfortable in failure but God doesn't want us to believe that because we failed his purpose ended at that failure he said man that sounds real good but can you back that up biblically I'm so glad that you asked so if you would would you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 Now I'm going to start in verse 20. Got a bunch of scripture to read, but it's just too good to pass up. I'm not going to comment on a bunch of it. I'm going to wait till we get down to about 25 through 27 to comment. But if you haven't read beginning in verse 20, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 beginning in verse 20. I'm going to pray over it while you're getting there. Father, we thank you for what you're about to do. And every day, I am thankful that you did not Wait till I was perfect to call me. 
Every day I'm thankful that you didn't wait till I was perfect to love me. I thank you that you saw more in me than I ever have seen in myself. I thank you that you believed in me more than I ever believed in myself. So Father, tonight I pray that those that are in this building and they've heard your voice and Father, they've been fixing to do something for you. They've been fixing to give you a portion of them. They've been fixing to go and, and step up and take a hold of something that you've asked them but they're just waiting till they just get good enough, till they get over this last hurdle. Father, tonight I pray that you would take the fixing to out of them and put them into the, in the middle of it, that they would jump square in it knowing that what you've called them to you won't abandon them in. Now, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 20, or 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 reads this way. Where is the wise man? Where's the scholar? Here's the philosopher of this age. Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand miraculous signs, and the Greeks look for wisdom. But we preached Christ crucified. A stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God. I'm going to read that one more time because you need to catch this. Those of you who have been fixing to do something. Christ, the power of God. May I stop here and interject something, Duke Pilate? That Christ, the power of what he's called you to do. Christ, the power of the one that has called you. Not one time did he say he called you because you're the only one that could do that job. But you're the only one that he wanted to empower to do that job. Could you imagine if we began to quit focusing on how inept we were and begin to focus on how awesome he is and begin to understand that he lives on the inside of us and he is he died catch this he died to live through us. Catch this. For too long, the church today has a mindset that Jesus died on the cross so that he could live in us. Hear me. He does not want to just live in you. He wants to live through you. That everywhere that you go, when you go to the QT to get a Diet Coke and someone is being stupid, he is crying out for through your imperfection, though they're driving you crazy, to let him live through you and to begin to love the stupid one in front of you, even though they're driving you crazy. Or maybe let's try another analogy. When you can't stand it, when you don't have a whole bunch in savings, and when you don't have a whole bunch in savings, you begin to worry, and you begin to lose sleep at night, because what if something happens? What if something happens? Listen to me. When you allow Christ to quit just living in you, and allow Him to live through you, you will begin to walk through those fears. See, Christ living through you, that's where we become more than a conqueror. I mean, the church today has Jesus 
And we've treated him like he was Aladdin who lives in a bottle. And we only rub our belly for him to come out on Sunday so that we can ask him for some wishes. And we better be careful because we think we've only got three to ask him for. So when we come to church, we're real careful. We rub our belly and we open our mouths and we let Jesus come out. And when he comes out, we begin to tell him all these things. And he's looking, I didn't come to live on the inside of you so you could just talk to me on the inside of a building. Would you please let me out when we leave this place? After all, help me because I just want to make sure that I'm not thinking wrong. Just as a general rule, do you think that there's more people that need Jesus out there in Shreveport, Bossier, or in this building tonight? Huh. It's highly possible I'm correct, isn't it? So if the enemy can ever get us to come to a place where we just rub our belly and treat Jesus like he's Aladdin and he's going to pop out of our body as a bottle and we're going to just keep him bottled up because we don't want anybody to think we're weird that we have this genie living on the inside of us and he's amazing and we don't want to let go of him. We don't want to waste him. Listen to me folks. It's time that we let the genie out of the bottle because when the genie's out of the bottle we begin to see life set free and and you're going to see people around you. They're going to be perplexed. They're not going to understand. Listen to me. You're probably not going to fit in. The Jew and the Gentile certainly didn't understand what was going on. But Jesus came. And he just didn't fit in. You ever knew anybody that was a true changer and a fixer that just came in to get along? Hello? Absolutely not. Not ever. The people that I know that are changers, the people that I know do radical things when they walk into a place, I mean, you'll hear people in the break room. Some of you have been there before. That new boss that come in, he had told us that now we have to clock out when we're on our breaks because he said we've been riding the clock. Who does he think he is? He said overhead is too high and he's going to help save this company. I wish we had the old boss back. Guess what? When Jesus came, he said everything changed because of what he did. Do you understand me? And it's time for us to let him outside of these walls and to also understand that God didn't just call the ones who have it all figured out to be used. As a matter of fact, let me help you today. I would be willing to bet that if I ask you to name off some people in your life who have been influential in your spiritual walk, there are some of them that if you wanted to look at it on paper, why would God ever have called them? Let's take, for instance, we're just going to talk about a few in this place tonight. Miss Cat Arnold. Someone whom I respect dearly whom she doesn't understand the level of respect that I have for her and the what mm, I mean the power that she carries with her but Miss Cat let's just be real honest I've heard your testimony and when you got halfway through your testimony I was sitting there thinking oh man that's a powerful testimony I'm sure she's about to wrap up and she continued on 
I am certain that when God called you, there had to be a portion of you that said, I can't, but don't you understand what I've been through? I have been used. I have been abused. I have been thrown away. What right do I have to stand and proclaim that there's victory in anything? After everything that I have walked through, I am damaged goods since the beginning of time. God's desired damaged goods because when He restores, He restores to where it is brand new. Or how about in something a little personal for me? My mom, as you know, was a very broken lady. Angry. Violent because the world had been ugly to her. Why would God call her to give birth to me and then have the audacity to call me a product of someone that was full of failures, full of anger, hatred, and rage, full of running around and having affairs time and time again with a married man here, a married man there. But all of a sudden, you mean that God's going to take something that is so broken and so defiled, but He wants to birth life, something that He could use? Now some of you are going, oh, that's right. Oh, come on, Ray, preach it. That is so right. And it's always so right until you're the one looking in the mirror, giving God's excuse about why He cannot use you. How about a man? It's a boss at a company. A common, ordinary man who notices one of his employees something isn't right. But what he doesn't know is that that employee was going to leave that day from work and take his life because he couldn't take it one more day. I wonder if that man that was the boss at that company had said to himself, who am I? I, who am I to speak into someone else's life? I don't need to get involved because I'm not good enough. But instead, he dared to step out of what he's always known so they could have what God said was always his. And he began to speak life into this young man. And instead of suicide, life began in that man's life that day. See, the body of Christ is made up of a bunch of ordinary Joes. But God takes ordinary Joes. And He makes extraordinary warriors. Let's read on. Mm, thank you, Lord. 
verse 24 says this, But to those whom God has called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Verse 25, For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Bear... You got to grab a hold of this now. You got to hear this. This is talking about, I mean, this is, this was the building blocks. These are the ones that God called in the beginning. Now, I'm going to ask you if you had it to do, Nathaniel, I just want to know because, man, you're like gifted and talented. But if it was you picking, would you really have picked a bunch of misfit fishermen to be the ones that were the foundation of starting what is known as the church in the world today? I wouldn't. You know what I'd have done? I'd have looked at them with natural eyes and I was like, that dude ain't never been hooked on phonics. How's he ever even going to be able to give a sermon? That dude right there, all he knows how to do is to go out there and fish. Ooh, me catch lots of fish. Me good fisherman. I bet him no good preacher. All right? But see, what happens is, is that what God is trying to tell us today is that we've got to quit looking on the outside because what God put on the inside of you, that's where the calling is at. That's where your destiny is at. God wants to raise you up no matter how common or ordinary you are. God can use you if you will have the audacity to simply surrender everything you've got. Even if it costs you your boat. Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise. And I love this. Check this out. By human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. Man, wouldn't it be something If we, could, if we quit running from our failure and we ran to our calling. Wouldn't it be something if we quit giving God excuses and begin to give Him submission? Wouldn't it be something if we quit giving God all of our fears and gave him our trust. I want you to bow your heads. I'm not preaching long tonight. Just bow your heads. Nathaniel, will you come? Born again, I want you praying in this place if you would. Oh, thank you, Lord. Born again, would you be praying? There is no possible way that God brought me here to preach this message by accident. I will guarantee you in this house tonight that there are people, maybe not 
everyone, but I will guarantee that there are people in this house tonight and you have not needed anyone to put you down and to disqualify you because you do that very well on your own. And you want to be used by God? But every time you think about stepping to the place where you can be used, you remember your failures. Listen to me. Some in this place, it could be Maybe this ain't your first marriage that you're in right now. Maybe it ain't even your second. And nobody knows it, but every day when you look in the mirror, you put on a really good show that it doesn't matter to you. But on the inside, you always felt like you failed some way. Whether it was your kids, whether it was an ex, you felt like you failed yourself, your family. But most of all, you felt like you failed God. And surely God wouldn't want to use you. I want to dispel that rumor. God wants to use you. Maybe you're in this place tonight and you have a record that's written down in the state of Louisiana and they've given you a number. And you want, and you want so bad to be used by God. But when you look in the mirror, you see your number and you see the cell where you used to sleep. And how could God use someone who used to be incarcerated? He can use that one because you're not incarcerated anymore. You're only incarcerated if you want to be. He has set you free. Now walk in what He has called you to be. Or maybe it's just real simple. Maybe you just honestly have never felt like you were good enough. You know how many people I meet, they don't even know why they don't feel good enough. They just don't. They believed a lie. Most of the times it started when they were a little kid and it carried on for the rest of their life. I want you to know that there's not a single person breathing oxygen in this place. I believe at my core that God doesn't want to use. God wants to use you to confound the wise people around you. God wants to set the world around you free. But you've got to begin to give Him your trust and your submission. So if you're in this place tonight and you say, Ray, dude, that's me. I just don't feel good enough. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to do something outside the box tonight. I'm not going to ask you to raise a hand. I'm going to ask you in just a moment. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet where you're at. Not now. But when you stand up, do me a favor.
You say, Ray, why are you making me stand up? Because, dear God, for the first time in your life, it's time that you stand up with honor and dignity because of the truth. Because a lie has been keeping you down. It's time that you stand up and say, I believe what God believes about me. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to be very specific. There's some people in the balcony tonight don't know exactly who you are. Please quit being so hard on yourself, sir. Let me just speak into you for a moment. If Jesus forgave you, who are you? To call him a liar. If Jesus forgave you. And he purchased you. With his own life. Who are you. To say there's no way you could be worth that. Sir I want you to know something. You are worth every penny. That Jesus paid for you. You were worth every drop of blood he shed on that cross. You were worth every mile that he left from heaven. You were worth every time that they whooped him on his back. You were worth every nail that they drove in him. You were worth every bit of death that he endured. You were worth every bit of life that he endured. He did it because he believed in you. And it's time for you to begin to believe in him. So when I count to three, if that's you and you're struggling, what if somebody sees me? You've been living that way too long. So when I get to three, you pop up all over this building. One, two, three. Just get up. Get up. Get up. Yes. 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 Anywhere else? Anywhere else? Yes, yes, all over. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now I want you to do me one more favor. I want you to leave where you're at. That means even in the balcony. I want you to come stand right here because I want to speak to you face to face, eyeball to eyeball. I will not embarrass you, but I want you to come. Just come, please. Only you can decide whether you'll come or not. I want to speak to you. Just come. Just come. Just stand right here. I'll line up. I want a single file. I want to look at you in the eyes. If you're in this place and you're born again, you ought to be praying. If a thought's come across your mind what time it is, maybe you need to check out why you're here. Are there others? Are there others? Yes. They're coming. Y'all come on. Yes. Yes. Craig Joy, will you come? Come. Willie, come here. I want you right here, Willie. Have a purpose. Miss Cat, 
want you to come. I want you to do me a favor. Stay right there. Just be right there. Quickly, Willie. Quickly. Hit a skip. Cowboy, I know you're tired. Listen to me. If you're born again in this place, be praying. And if you're still sitting there and you know that you've been struggling with your worth, ask yourself, why are you still sitting there? Come here. Hurry, quickly, come here. Listen to me. You see this young man. I brought him here on purpose. I met him. I met Willie when I was doing a revival at a little Methodist church. Willie was a dopehead and a thief. Not very big, but he would fight anyone. Because the dope was all jacked up. Didn't really know how to be a husband. Didn't really even know how to be a daddy. And the world would say, Willie, and you tell me if I'm wrong, that you should have just went ahead stuck your head in the sand because there's too much that you had done wrong there's no possible way that God could use you I'm going to tell you what God saw God saw a husband listen to me God saw a husband and God saw a daddy and God saw a friend God saw someone that was not too far gone. But the problem was Willie had to believe it. And all of a sudden one day, Willie just began to believe that what God said was true. And everything in his life changed. Are you listening to me? Not some of the things, but everything in his life changed. Me and Willie have a really deep relationship where I wouldn't have brought him up here. Y'all don't have to worry. I won't embarrass you. But Willie, why don't you go stand down there by them young men if you would. Just go stand with them. Now I'm going to speak to some of you. Then I'm going to pray over you. Those of you that are wanting to get out of here, I'm going to let you in a minute. But we're not going to hurry. Ministry's happening. To you, young man, listen carefully to me. If you want to stay where you've been, stay there. It's up to you. But He'll set you free completely. Not for a month, not for two months, not for three months, but everything that you thought that you would never be able to know. If you let Him, if you believe Him, you'll find freedom. God didn't call either one of you by accident. You just simply have to step to the place and say, Here, what do you want, God? I'll give it to you. I don't care what the people in around me are saying that I shouldn't be here. I say, you ought to be here. I say, God wants to use you, but you're going to have to let Him. I will. Sir. One of the greatest things that we have in our life that keeps us from what God has for us 
is that we build up this wall of pride and we get to a place and we use that as a barrier and we go, I don't need anything. The truth of the matter is, sir, God wants to do something amazing in you and it was an incredible step for you to leave where you're at. God will set you free from whatever it is and you'll see your worth and you'll see your value. Just let that wall down. It don't matter what somebody else says. Your value ain't going to change. Do you understand? There was a deposit put in the bank of heaven for you. That's your value. So those that I asked to come down. Miss Cat, I want you to find whoever you're supposed to pray with. Joe and Craig, I want you all to find who you're supposed to pray with. Listen to me. Don't you dare quit. It's the only way you can lose. Do you hear me? If you quit, sure. Quitting's easy. Quitting's the easiest thing that we can get good at. But getting up, that takes a man. Get up. I don't know why I'm telling you that, but get up. Get up. Get up. Y'all begin praying. I'm going to pray over here. Can I put my hands on you and pray for you? You good with that? All right. Big stout is your I didn't want you hit me. <laughs> Come here. Hop in here. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your son. I pray that for the first time in his life, that he would see what you see. That a reflection of him in his father's eyes. That he would see, Father, that you didn't bring him here so that he could exist. Mm. Sir, I don't know why. Listen to me. I'm I'm just supposed to tell you, quit just existing. You're not supposed to just get by. That's not what God has called you for. You're not to just exist and just get by. God wants more for you, but you're going to have to give him more. You just got to give him. You got to give him your trust. I promise you, you'll see the more that you've never seen in your life if you'll just trust Him. So Father, now, in Jesus' name, every generational curse, mm, we stand in against and we proclaim in the name of Jesus for freedom to come in this man's life. That Father, it will not matter what some in his life call him because he'll quit answering to that. He'll only begin to answer to what you've called him. And that's son. Let him walk as a son. Let him breathe as a son. Let him talk as a son. Let him see as a son. Let him be free as a son. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.